Oh no, North Carolina is losing all these games. The sky is falling. The entire roster is going to transfer. Hang on. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, February 16th, 2023. I'd like to welcome you into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I am your host, Isaac Shade, and joining us today is our guy, Jason Jordan, our college basketball recruiting insider here on the Locked on Network. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about Jackson Keith, a 2025 recruit. Wow, we're getting out there, Jason. It means we're old. Uh, but before we get there, uh, I, I joked about it off the top, and and it seems that people think the sky is falling right now. And so we're going to get into that. But first, let me remind you that our recruiting segments with Jason Jordan are always brought to us by LinkedIn Jobs, the official college basketball recruiting sponsor across the locked on network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Well, Jason, okay. Here's the thing. A couple, like a month ago, you and I had this conversation. North Carolina is not off to a great start this season. Is it going to affect recruiting? Well, as we look back, what has happened since then? They got a commitment from a guy named James Brown. They got a commitment from a guy named Elliot Cadeau, and they got a commitment from a guy named Ian Jackson, just one of the highest rated commits in North Carolina recruiting history. So has it affected recruiting? I think it's safe to say that it has not. Um, But now what has been popping up after Carolina is currently in a streak of having lost four out of their last five, I'm seeing and hearing and getting texts and all this stuff uh, in this vein. Oh, everything's lost. Coach Davis can't coach. And you know what? When this season's over, Seth Trimble's going to transfer. Jalen Washington's going to transfer. DeMarco Dunn's going to transfer. And Puff Johnson's going to transfer. And there's not going to be a roster except for, uh, <laughs> I, I guess, uh, you know, Zayden High and Simeon Wilcher. They'll be the only two. Players. Like, that, that's – if I trusted everything that I've heard from the Hill community right now, that's what next year would be. Can yeah. you help me stem the tide – and just help people feel a little better about re-recruiting the roster. Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely pump your brakes on that. Um, you know, that sounds like an emotional response. I don't know any fans that have emotional responses. So I, I think they're all really logical, you know, level-headed people. So I know those aren't fans that you're talking about. Um, no, I'm joking. Um, you know, that sounds like fans. That sounds like, sounds like what they said last year before um, you guys won a couple games in March. Um, they were – yeah, they were ready to send Hubert on an ambulance ride, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so um, I think, yeah, everybody's got to relax. You got to relax, as Noriega would say. You got to relax. And um, I, I think it does four out of five, it's magnified because you're losing. The reality is if they were five out of the last five and the bench was getting the same minutes or even less, nobody would care and nobody that wouldn't even be a storyline I'd be like yeah but they're part of something bigger than themselves it's all about spin they're part of something bigger than themselves they see that when it's their turn they're going to have great success in this system 
and they're going to get all the brunt of the minutes, and they're just waiting their turn to get there. But see, that's not working now. You know, they're losing. At the end of the day, it's not working right now. But I mean, you got to weather the storm. You did. I mean, it just happened last year. Like, I, that's my. That's what I don't understand about fans. Like, what's the logic? It's like did they? So then, will they say that last week was a last year was a fluke, and they knew it all along, and Huber can't coach and. You know, I mean, well, if he got it right, if he righted the ship last year, I would give him a little bit of, you know, faith. And, Let's uh, get some leeway. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, he was a uh, an, an injury away from winning the national title. You know, uh, I think Brady Maddox still has a concussion. Uh, <laughs> big boy, you know. So, you know, I mean, I think we got to remember that. And that's not that's not something to just sneeze at here, gloss over. It's like – no. He could have won the not. He could have gone to the Sweet Sixteen, not the Final Four. He could. He should have won the national title. He's a heck of a coach, heck of a recruiter, and I would. Uh, I would put a lot of faith in him. And here's the thing for me. I think it's about when people make these comments. I think it's just based on, like you said, emotion, but also assumption. Like yeah. I, I think that there's because of the era we're, we're in with the transfer portal, and you and I talk about this often. But I think there's just this as people assume that therefore anything that goes wrong for any player, they're out. Like Tyler Nickel to me is a great example of this has not, has not gotten a ton of playing time this year has had spot minutes here and there. But if you listen to Tyler himself, if you hear him talk, if you listen to interviews, he's given, he understands his role on this team this year. And not only is he okay with it, but he values it. Does he wish he was getting more playing time? Absolutely. You and I would as well, but he understands that he's here this year to learn and to train and to grow. And he knows that his time is coming next year. Right. I mean, like, is that, is it crazy to feel that way? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, that said, because of the rule change, I think people got to remember y'all. The other side is with the rule, (coughs) excuse me, with the rule change and then being able to go to another campus and play immediately. Um, that's also, you know, lingering in the back of people's minds. That's fair, you know. Very um, fair. I do think, um, to your point, the prospects of having uh, an enhanced role at a place like North Carolina is a harder sell than, you know, going to a uh, maybe a lower level, uh, and maybe not lower level, you know, um, school and having an enhanced role. You know, I think, at the end of the day, North Carolina is North Carolina, and people know that if they if they can have some degree of success here, that could bode well for their futuristic plans. So, um, I'll say this: you know, a lot of times you got to remember, parents don't become reasonable when they get to college. <laughs> I know AAU parents, you know, um, so they don't become reasonable when they get to college if they're if their kids are facing adversity, you know, he's not these kids. I'm just saying for generally speaking, let's say the kids are calling home like, yeah, man, I don't want to be here. I mean, I hear that a lot. All the time. All the time. I'm talking about in the 2022 class, not at North Carolina. Um, I can't say that I'm North Carolina, but let's just say power five schools. I hear that a lot from parents and it's, we're leaving. I'm telling you, if this really, if it really, you know, a lot of that is just emotion, but, some of us not. Some of those guys really went through with the transfer last year. And I would say I would put it at about 50-50 of the people that I talked to. And I talked to a lot of people. So, um, you know, 
And then I've had people be like, I, I'll never talk to this coach again. He did my son wrong. He's not playing. I'm never going to. He can't call me. I blocked him. I'm t- I, I'm being serious. These are real quotes. I know. And I believe you. It's he, just so and wild. the kid is still there. Yeah. And the kid this year is like, will run through 10 brick walls for the guy head first. The coach head first. You know, so it's just, we really do have to wait and see. Like, I have, I know people that are like, yo. I'm telling you, man, you can go ahead and put the word out because I'm like, hey, man, you, you got to relax. You know, you don't want to even back channel conversation that because the reality is you're, you're, give it give it a month. You know, let it let it let it marinate. See how things go. And um, now I'll say this. If they're still losing and let's just say worst case scenario, they don't make the tournament. Um, I, I can see some people jumping shit, but that's going to happen at every campus. Not just y'all. I mean, yes, it's, yes. it's going to happen down the street. If if it's the same scenario, it'll happen eight miles down the street too, yep. you know. So it it does it. Everything is magnified when you're losing, and um, that's why we got to start winning. You got to start winning. You got to start winning. And I think your point that you just made there, Jason, is a great one. In this era, yes, you are going to have transfers. Like yeah. just just about like that's the reality of probably all. It's not even a knock. That's not even a knock anymore. It's just, it's just what we do. It is the landscape now of this game for all 363 division one teams. And so yes, Carolina will have a transfer or two or three or maybe more, but that is not necessarily as a result of wins and losses, but more a function of the reality of the the world and the context we live in as people who cover college basketball. And so I, I just, I think that is the bigger point that I want to hammer home that the sky is not falling. People don't yeah. hate Hubert Davis. People just are looking for their opportunities. Some will stay. Some will have the the level headedness to say I'm here. Yeah. Well, and that also by saying that I'm indicating that somebody that leaves isn't level headed, and that's not true either. Right. But just just remember, folks, this is where we're at today and right now. Well, we want to talk about somebody that might come and be a future Tar Heel. His name is Jackson Keith, and we're going to talk about him in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We are at the midway point of the NBA season, and it is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you got to do is download the FanBook FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. And then you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and three pointers drained. I've got Giannis on my fantasy team, and so I'm over here taking the over on his player prop scoring line all week long because that does good for me as well. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payout with Same Game Parlay. So don't miss this chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Once again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, we are joined today, as we often are, by our guy Jason Jordan, Locked On's college basketball recruiting insider. And you might be thinking, folks, why on earth are we talking about a kid that's a sophomore in high school right now, class of 2025? Well, I'll give you two reasons why, and then we want to talk about this guy specifically with Jason. Number one, 
Carolina's already done their work in the class of 2024. This class is essentially signed, sealed, and delivered. Obviously, they still got to sign. So I guess by definition of what I just said, I'm wrong. But you hear my point. And, you know, there might be one more to slot in. But outside of that, this coaching staff can go ahead and turn their attention to the class of 2025. Moreover, in in this era, uh, you want to go ahead and get – ahead on these guys and reach out to them. Carolina already has one scholarship offer out in the class of 2025. And so no reason not to start in early with these guys. So Jackson Keith, a local North Carolina product, Jason Jordan, I know you like Mr. Jackson Keith yeah. and I want you to tell me why. Yeah. He plays for my guys at a uh, team loaded, uh, you know, in Virginia. So um, they, you know, they rave about him. They were team loaded on the Adidas 3SSB and uh, 6'5". He goes about 6'5", 6'6", but he's just a worker. Makes things happen from the wing, uh, gets to his spots really well. Um, I mm, Three-level score, I think he he definitely needs to improve his, uh, his perimeter jump, but I would say that's the weakest part of his offensive game. But getting to the mid-range, um, he has an awareness to know when to stop and pull up or stop and shoot the floater. Um, he can get into the paint and make things happen for his teammates. He's very active always jumping for the tap-ins and keeping rebounds alive and just um, a great two-way player too. So <laughs> he can lock up the other team's best defensive player. And, you know, he has that um, desire to do that and hunger and that motor for it. So um, great, intriguing young prospect. Uh, definitely a guy I'll be watching this spring and summer. I feel like we've heard a lot of that two-way player designation yeah. from a lot of the guys that Hubert Davis recruits yeah. um you know we see it in guys currently on the roster like leaky black who would probably be more uh, on only on the defensive side although he's had some good offensive games lately but same would be true of seth trimble uh yeah. but we we know that about drake powell who's coming right. in next year or excuse me two years from now why why is that do you think such a priority for hubert davis you know i think because you know because he'll be uh well he sees the success he's had with leaky right and I think, I, be be honest with you, I think people got younger guys look at guys like Leaky and say, hey, you know, I don't, I mean, look at this guy's like the most, potentially the most valuable player on the court a lot of times. Do you mean that from an NBA standpoint? Or just yeah, like in the college? Absolutely. Or do you mean that yeah. just like in the college game? In the college game, I'd say, because I don't know, I don't know that Leaky's an NBA player. Sure. But yeah, I'll absolutely. say that, you know, you can, you can be more, you can have a, a great deal of success, you know, the reality is most guys look at basketball and they're like, okay, I'm going to get 10 shots, you know, and I, you know, I'll knock down three and then, you know, one day, and I'll get to the rim, shoot some free throws and I'll get my 15 points. But it's not like the way that leaky impacts the game from a defensive standpoint, um, you know, I, to be very honest, coming out of high school, I never thought leaky had a chance respectfully at a pro career. Like I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't high on him like that. You know, I mean, he had, as you know, cause he kind of faded off. He, everybody was calling him the second coming. If people remember this early on, like in the 10th grade, and then it kind of faded down and stuff like that. And so I watched him a lot. I was never like sold on that, you know, um, but he's really, um, I, I loved his growth and I loved his, um, you know, his commitment on the defensive end, his awareness, his ability to make plays, the way he impacts the game off the stats, all that stuff, man. And so um, that's why he's a, such a fan favorite there. He, I mean, he walks on water there in Chapel Hill. And um, I think guys look at stuff like that. I think they like to be um, – they want to be like college legends. Everybody's not going to the NBA. And 
the more I talk to kids, the more they realize that. You'd yeah. be surprised. I'm not saying by and large, but right. I hear it more, which is refreshing. And so um, to know that, uh, I know that that's Hubert's sell too. You know, I look at a guy like Leaky Black, he's giving himself the best chance. If he's going to the NBA, he's giving him, I mean, he is not leaving an ounce in the <laughs> chamber. I mean, he's firing all bullets. And um, I think that's uh, a message that can, you know, catch on with a lot of players like, you know, like, like Jackson. Because of the nature of AAU, where it feels like just sh- such a, a, a highlight showcase so many times, is that part of why we, we see kind of a delayed understanding of the importance of defense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but you, you have some, you know, you have some programs like uh, Team Takeover, that's a system, you know, um, like Keith Stevens does an amazing job. You know, if you come to Takeover, you're going to average, it's like Carolina, you average 10 points eight points, you know, but you are going to play defense here. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're so successful. Um, but yeah, by and large, that is, that is <laughs> definitely the exception, which makes me want to call. Um, that is definitely the exception and not the rule. And so, yeah, to your point, um, there's not a premium on, you know, defense, defensive rotation, defensive um, schemes and uh, nuances in that regard. So no, yeah, I think that definitely affects it. Do, do you think these high school players start to catch on to the fact of like, like something I talk a lot about, particularly with Leakey, uh, for example, against um, Clemson on, on mm-hmm. Saturday where he's guarding Hunter Tyson and this young man who averages 16 points a game, Leakey holds him to two. And so like that 14 points under his average is essentially just as good as Leakey, score, Leakey scoring 14 points over yeah. his average. Is, right. is is that kind of mindset, that thought process, something that you see often in a, a high school um, product? No, no, that that's no, that's not something you hear a lot of. Like, the, I want, I'm gonna, I've heard it, but it's very rare. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I know I had thirty, but my man had twenty eight, so I really had two. Nah, that they, I had thirty though, and we won, so I don't care. He had twenty, you know, it's like that. Or I had thirty and we lost. But I had 30. I should have had more help. I hear that. You know, so it's not, I'm sorry to say, you know, <laughs> the the trend, you know, the, the mindset is not changing quick enough for me personally. So, yeah. All right. That's great. Well, we want to talk more about Jackson Keith, a few of his strengths, a few things Jason thinks he still needs to grow in, who are potential other suitors in addition to North Carolina. We'll unpack all of that in just a second. Okay, so Jason, I want to get back in specifically to diving in more on Jackson Keith. That was a fun kind of conversation uh, we just had about kind of a two-way player and, and why that's so important. But I want to know, like, if you could name, like, two things that you think right now make Jackson Keith uh, capable of stepping onto a college court or things that you see, like, hey, yeah. if this continues on the trajectory as right. it is right now, this would make him – a, a high division one product, as long as he keeps that going for these last couple of years of high school, what would that be in terms of strengths? I would say his motor for sure on both ends of the floor at his size. I mean, you can't coach a kid to be six, six, but he can handle the ball and get, you know, his motor gets in places and, you know, he's long too. Um, so I would say that's one. And then secondly, just his ability to slash and get into the lane mm-hmm. and his awareness to not say, hi, I'm in the lane. That means I got to shoot. You know, I'm here close enough. I see that you're open, but no, it's about me. 
No, he'll pass it. He'll pass in the middle of the lane. I've seen it multiple times. Like he makes the right basketball play. And so those two things are the things that that would stand out to me on the on the pro side for sure. And, and that tells me also, in addition to motor, uh, just that, that I love. I always love when I hear that phrase. He makes the right basketball play. Yeah. Because that yeah. says a lot to me about the the thing that he's got between his ears sure. um, of someone who can recognize this and do what is called, about, especially as a sophomore, to have that type of recognition. Yeah. Uh, is that a fair assessment you would say about Jackson Keith as well? Yeah, and I think it says a lot about the you know the logical progression we're basically talking about. Um, that that bodes well for him uh, futuristically. So um, that makes me feel like he's going to ascend even more this spring and summer. Love to hear that. All right. We, we've already talked, you, you mentioned you'd like to see more like in terms of being a three-level scorer that uh, yeah. his perimeter shot still needs yeah. some work. Yeah. Outside of that, are there other things you would add to that that's like, man, uh, over the course of these next three years before he gets to college, here's a couple things I'd really like to see growth in his game. Yeah, I always say with wing guys and guards, backcourt guys, defensive awareness, that that's never not true, right? Especially with, with a younger guy. Um, but, um, you know, ball handling, he could tighten that up a little bit more. But it's it's really the, the three-point shot. I feel like if he gets, you know, if he's shooting it at a higher clip there, it's going to open the world up for him. Um, and he's just going to be impossible to guard if he can get to, like, you know, high 30s um, consistently. So we'll see. We'll see this uh, summer because he's definitely going to have a lot of um, a lot of competition in that ADS3 SSB, which I'm sure he'll be at the highest level yeah. there. To you, at least at this point, based on height and skill set, does he mostly project as a three? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, 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 I would say so. Um, just because of um, because he's not stroking it, you know, he's not stroking it consistently, and he's not a he's not as lethal a threat. I wouldn't say I'm not saying he can't throw a rock in a lake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, they're gonna probably sag off him over the course of a game. And say, hey, look, man, you get into the cup, and you, know, you ain't doing that other thing real well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my chances on you having that three point shot, even set. Yeah, you know, I've seen people sag off him a little bit, so definitely would say a three. Yeah, well, uh, that is is bad news to North Carolina uh, fans' ears right now because they're sick and tired of seeing defenses sag down on Mondo and daring others to shoot. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it would make Carolina folks happy if Jackson Keith can indeed. Uh, yeah. improve that percentage over the next couple of years. He's got a little um, time. He's got a little time. He's got some time. We've got plenty of time on that. But yeah, particularly at that three and that stretch four position. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Jason, in terms of his actual recruitment, in, in addition to North Carolina, who are some of the other suitors that folks should be aware of? I've heard NC State with him deeply tied to him. Tennessee, I've heard, I think even Wake Forest. But it's so early, you know, um, those are three that I have heard more than three or four times. Um, I think he's actually taken a visit to a couple of those guys. So, um, but I, I expect the spring and summer, I mean, our conversation in the spring and summer probably will be a lot different, um, you know, especially after the first live period. So I think that's uh, April 9th ish around that window. So um, I expect that to be <laughs> that list to expand okay. substantially by that time. And then there's that, what, what is that date in like mid June or whenever it is when you can yeah. start really contacting upcoming juniors, which yeah. I would imagine his, yeah. his phone's going to be ringing off the hook at that point. Yeah. That's June 15th uh, is when the coach is at midnight and they actually do call it. Midnight. And they call it midnight. That's right. <laughs> they do. Uh, um, so I imagine his phone is going to be off the hook. I did a lot of stories on uh, 
kids taking naps to get ready for that midnight call session and going into 6 a.m. So, yeah, that'll be fun. We'll have to have a good conversation about that. Yeah. In the summer. That'll be fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, you love love to see all of that. So um, another thing about uh, Team Loaded and Jackson Keith is obviously we know that a notable alumnus of that program is on the current yeah. roster. Jason, in, in what you typically see, and I mean, I know there's guys coming from all different programs and going to different places, but what, yeah. if any, level of um, recruiting, I mean, we know, and I Forgive me, I haven't said the name. It's Armando <laughs> uh, that we're talking about. And we know Armando to be a guy that uh, no uh, no bones about it. I'm just getting out there and recruiting, um, talking to guys. And so what what level of impact does that have, talking to alums of, of a, the fellow AAU roster? Well, Tyler Nickel played for Team Loaded. Um, I think Mondo played for Keith Stevens. That's right. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. But Tyler Nickel played very, and then you know, there's some similarities there. Um, well, it's different too because Tyler Nickel was <laughs> knocking <laughs> that thing down. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, definitely he can. He'll be able to. It's a, it's about relationships. So Carolina obviously has a very close relationship with the team loaded staff, um, because of Tyler Nickel. I mean, it was only enhanced with Tyler Nickel. So they'll be able to. You know, and, you know, to your point earlier, he has a good, you know, he has his head on right. He knows um, that his time is going to come. And, um, you know, you hope that in the back channel conversations that they're si- singing the praises of the the powder blue, you know, because that, that stuff counts. You know, that stuff really counts. Um, so, and coaches know that. And um, so they – it's good. Let's say this. It's good that Tyler's saying the right things in public because, um, you know, that usually means that they're being honest about, you know, their mentality going forward. And that could bode well for a guy like uh, Jackson, for sure, if if they're having Mac Channel conversations. And I'm sure they are. OK, great stuff. They're talking about Jackson Keith, who uh, plays in Durham, North Carolina. Well, that doesn't mean too much about him being locked up. <laughs> Duke, don't worry, folks, about that. Obviously, we will keep our eyes and ears on his recruitment going forward, and we'll have more conversations with Jason about that. He was at the game when Carolina hosted NC State a couple weeks ago, and I mentioned that because coming up tomorrow's show, we preview Carolina in the return game, heading over to Raleigh to t- try to get back in the win column this weekend. That is it, friends, for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Big thanks, as always, to our guy Jason Jordan for joining us on the show today. You can follow us both on Twitter, me at Isaac Shade, Jason at Jason NC Jordan, and make sure to follow the show at Locked on Heels. We'd love to hear from you. Been getting all sorts of great emails, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us recommendations for Heel of the Week and Heel of the Week. We'll get to those on Friday. Please subscribe to the show, smash that like button, and leave some comments. And for your next listen, please don't forget to check out Locked on College Basketball, the brand new show on our network hosted by myself, Andy Patton. Jason joins us on there as well. It's great stuff, bringing you everything you need to know on and off the court in the college basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and anywhere else you get podcasts. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with Jason and I talking about Carolina hoops. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll get with you back tomorrow, but until then, peace. Peace.